they do. Congratulations to the Golden State Warriors for becoming your 2015 NBA champions. And for the first time in 47 years, I'm sorry, before I even say that, welcome and thank you for listening to another edition of the Mighty Sports Minute. I am your host, Talent Taylor, and this is, this is, this is the first one I'm putting up since the Warriors have won a championship. And can I say congratulations to them for bringing home a championship for the first time in, what is it, 47 years, 48 years? Almost... Been too long. <laughs> forty like for like forty years, right? Since nineteen seventy five, since the last time they won a championship. So congratulations to them and their organization. And I really kind of wanted to get this out to you guys sooner. Actually, I wanted to get this out to you guys as soon as the game was done. But you know, I'm kind of glad I waited. Kind of glad I took some time off because you guys would have gotten a drunken version of me. And even though I wasn't even drinking, I was completely sober. You know, but I was just. So wrapped up in the emotions and the time that who knows what kind of <laughs> podcast or what kind of you know production I would have given you guys, and that's a, that's kind of unfair <laughs> to, to all of us because I don't know if you guys realize this right. Like these are all done in one take. Like that's the beauty behind these for me is that I do this in one take. One shot is off of the dome, top of the head. You know, basically these are all headlines for the top of the dome. Yeah, fab. That's from you, <laughs> and. We're getting into it now. Yeah, congratulations to Golden State. Cleveland, let's, let's start off. As, as we all know, I'm a Knicks fan, Yankees fan, Jets fan. So, I don't, I don't, have, a lot of, I don't have a lot of love for LeBron. But, yes, but I'm going to give him his respect today, as, as I should. And, you know, I'm going to tell you, though, it's, it's something weird. Because I told you I haven't listened to anything since, or I haven't posted anything since the... Since they've won a championship, which also means to for me that I also haven't listened to anything since they've won a championship, and that's the other part of it. Now, when I when I when I wait for a major event to try to write something or try to put something on the podcast, I kind of put myself in in this secluded world. When I but when I want to give an immediate reaction to something, to an event. You know, to like immediate reaction to the Pacquiao Mayweather fight, immediate reaction to the Super Bowl, immediate reaction to the NBA champions. You know, I, I really don't want to get saturated or polluted or even slightly misdirected with my words by listening to somebody else. And trust me, when I say listen to somebody else, every person that I listen, I listen to, I absolutely love. You know, the Colin Cotter is there. And Stephen A. Smith, the Mike and Mikes, you know, the 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 the, 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 the Isolas and the uh, Alan Horn. <laughs> Not for nothing. I give Alan Horn a big <laughs> piece of the credit for why I even wanted to even join Twitter. If it wasn't for him being on Twitter and him being that Knicks beat writer, I would have had no need for Twitter. He, he started that whole Twitter phase for me. So, kudos to you, Mr. Horn. Uh, but, back to this game. And, before I even get back to the game, like I said, I, I seclude myself a lot. So, but that doesn't mean that it's because I'm not watching or listening to anything. I'm not interacting with people. You know, I still have a regular job. I have a nine to five. You know, I go places. I talk. I mingle. I socialize. That's what I do. And the reaction to LeBron James, <laughs> I can't say that I'm, I'm surprised, but it's surprising enough to a point where I catch myself taking up for LeBron, which, listen, somebody... 
somebody needs to at times that can articulate themselves in a manner that doesn't just sound like oh well he's been there six times and he's the best player in the world and he's LeBron James because that's really all most people can say listen being being stuck down here in South Florida where you have nothing but Heat fans and you're and you're a Nick fan this is all I heard not one person could give me a compelling argument of why they thought LeBron James was as good as they thought LeBron James was they just was like oh he's the greatest mind those same people couldn't stand him in Cleveland but they loved him down here and since he's left, they're kind of split. And I see them getting no kind of respect. <laughs> like, he's, he's either... It's like this, it's really no middle ground, I guess, with him. He's either getting no respect or he's getting a pass. <laughs> you know, like, he's just like, oh, he just didn't have enough. And I, I catch myself defending him because he, he did it. Listen, in, in lo- you, you could put up a valiant fight in a losing effort. Like... You can, and that's what he did, you know. But I just thought that all around that team just started off kind of, kind of, kind of slow, which which is really weird because it didn't look like they were gonna start off slow. Because initially, right out the gate, these guys are flying up and down the court, and the first real play of the game is LeBron James intercepting a cross court pass from Stephen Curry. Where he takes about five, six hard, fast dribbles and explodes to the basket. And then after that, I think that's like I think that's the last explosion I really saw out of the Cavs. And and that's what really caught my eye. Because like they they had they had high energy for about the first five minutes of the game, and then it just seemed like they gassed out, and even LeBron James, and he had he had what like thirty two points, eighteen rebounds. Wow. <laughs> and I barely noticed him. Like that was out. Like, and I think that was the craziest part of the whole game. There was so much going on, so other, so much other things going on, that LeBron James's thirty po- thirty two points became almost unnoticeable to me. His 18 rebounds became almost unnoticeable to me. Like, like until like that seven, that that like that seven, that seven old run that they had, I think somewhere like in the beginning of the fourth, I didn't see much from Cleveland that really said, "Oh, we're coming to take this." And man, but like I said, they caught some bad breaks. Like when Timothy Mozgov is really giving you the best performance on the court. Like something is wrong, I, and I feel sorry for for guys like J.R. Smith slightly. <laughs> let me let me say how very slightly I feel sorry for him as a Knicks fan, as a Mellow fan, as somebody that used to follow Mellow in Denver. You know, like I have like because because you know what? Not for nothing. This is J.R. Smith's karma. This this is the kind of karma that J.R. Smith has because of his actions. Look, remember when he was in New York and Knicks were rolling, 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 rolling. And all of a sudden, J.R. Smith decides that he wants to be a UFC fighter. He throws an elbow. Right? Was that, was that, the, was that the incident? And next thing you know, they're trying to wear all black to close out Boston. When this is the first time they, they were even in that position in God knows how long. And then 
They never looked the same after that. I think that was the same year Amara Stoudemire hurt. Was that the same year Amara Stoudemire hurt his hand? See, I can't even remember. Because the Knicks have had so many disappointing moments with that group that they all start to lump into one big disappointing 15-win season for me. <laughs> but let me not talk about my Knicks because I'll go all day long, all day, all day, you know, and just get sidetracked. J.R. Smith, I, I kind of felt, I kind of did feel sorry for him because you saw it when, and J.R. Smith is an unconscious player. We all know this. He's not going to stop shooting, but that's just because he's going to keep shooting. When you watch his body language, his body language completely changes if he thinks he's going to make the shot or if he doesn't think he's going to make the shot. And that difference is usually the difference if he's, if he's going to stay hot or not. And... The moment he missed, I believe like he was his third shot. I don't know if it was a shot he missed or I think it was a layup. And you just saw him just put his head down. I was like, yeah, J.R. Smith is, is done. He's deflated. He's defeated for the rest of this game. And you, you could basically count him out. And that's basically what they did. They counted him out and they, and they took him out of the game. And, he didn't, and we didn't see anything from him until it didn't matter. And then even when he made that little spark, the moment he decided to take some trick shot, I was like, oh, yeah, that's the end of his hot streak. Because we all know what J.R. Smith is. He's a streaky shooter that if he ever decided to really focus on the game of basketball instead of coming out there in electronic zegways and maybe warm up his legs before he came to an arena, maybe he would shoot better. Maybe he would have his legs underneath him. But he didn't. And he's part of the major reason why Cleveland failed during this run. Because you know what? Somebody who I actually, I actually do feel sorry for, 100% I do feel sorry for, is Klay Thompson. Because Clay Thompson could not find his shot. And, and Clay Thompson was look, kind of looking like J.R. Smith out there with the way he was struggling. But you know what that main difference was? He never stopped competing. And J.R. Smith stops competing at times. Clay Thompson never stopped competing. He never stopped playing defense. Shoot, he plays so much defense that he got himself into foul trouble. So, where do you go now? I guess, I, we, well, I said, where do we go now? We, we congratulate Golden State. That's what we're going to like. Still congratulations to them. Because their whole team showed up. You know, like, even while Cleveland, like I said, even though J.R. Smith hit them shots at the end, I really felt that Cleveland really quit around that two-minute mark. You know? And their pace was just too slow. It was too slow, and it was too calm. And, and, and like I said, it just seemed like they gassed out after that five minutes. And, 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 when it seemed like they gassed out and they were and they kept on trying to turn up the pace and turn up the pace, it seemed like whatever pace that they were trying to turn it up to, Golden State was just at. Like Golden State never had to really turn up the pace, and when they did, it was it extended their lead to 15 points. It extended their lead to eight points. It extend you know they they just had a more energetic pace. They just they were just playing a more aggressive style of basketball, and. People came in and gave you great bursts of energy, like Festus, Azealus, Zeely, however you say his name, Big Easy. <laughs> you know, he came out there, he gave you, what was it, like 10 points, 4 rebounds, something like that? 5 rebounds, 4? Four? 4? I don't, I don't have a stat guy here. <laughs> it's funny, he should see me, I'm looking over to the side, like I'm expecting somebody to give me some numbers, like, it's 4, it's 4, I think it's 4 though. <laughs> oh. You know, he gives you he gives you 10 points and 4 rebounds, but more than that, he gave you energy. Like, he gave you nothing but pure energy.
energy and hustle. Then, remember I told you how, when I said I told you, I mentioned that LeBron James was really, was like he had the most unassuming 32, and eight, 32 points and 18 rebounds that I've ever witnessed. Well, it was the complete opposite for Stephen Curry because for a guy that they said, or that they say, because that's not what they said, they still say, oh, his defense is not that great. His defense isn't up to par. You know, uh, he's really just an offensive guy. Think, you know, and this is really being said when you talk about the pick and order of, who, of when you're going to pick players when it comes to the grand scheme of, when it comes to the grand scheme of who was in this finals. And if you had to build a team out of a roster, out of, out of everybody in there, who would you pick first? If you would pick LeBron James and, you know, leaving Stephen Curry out there. And then using, and using these things, like these little reasons like this. I'm just giving you little scenarios of where I've heard this not from. You know, as well as I've even heard this knock from him about being the the MVP for the for the finals. But that last game, he was MVP ish because I don't know if you realize how much how great his defense was. A lot of their breaks it started because Stephen Curry comes off of his man to a point where he's playing the passing lane that he's normally making passes in, and he comes down and he traps, and it's and what you don't see is the deflection that comes off his fingertips when the guy is when 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 the guy he's trapping or the man who's trapping is trying to pass that ball out of the trap. What you don't see is that when he's coming over, and he's not even attempting to trap, just bringing a little help defense. He comes with his hands up, and even though he's only six three, with his hands up, it makes him what six seven, six eight. Who knows? Because I don't know his wingspan, but. Let's go six. Let me see. Let's go seven foot. <laughs> Let's give him a little bit of credit. <laughs> I don't know if he has a nine inch wingspan or whatever, you know, straight up. But, you know, but let's give him six, seven, six, eight, six, nine. You know, but obviously it makes him taller. And it makes these guys have to take steam out of their passes and put more air underneath it. And when they put, and when they put air underneath their passes, that's when you get the guys like Green and Igudala and Barnes, and Thompson, and Livingston. Am I missing anybody? That run out, and they play those lanes. And they and they put their body between the ball and the guy that's supposed to get the ball. And they get to it first. And then next thing you know, that's a fast break play. Stephen Curry's defense is highly underrated. Because he's not six foot eight and 250 pounds, and he's physically wearing people out and putting up physically and, and, and physically imposing his will on on you know on the offensive guy as a defender. Like or even like Shumper, who's who you see is as is as solid as they get. Well for 6'5", 220. Like he is rock solid. You know? He he doesn't get that. He doesn't Stephen Curry doesn't have that because you know what? Stephen Curry is and always will be a finesse player. And everything that he does, he does is with finesse. And that includes his defense. That's from his offense to his shooting to his finishing on the basket to his defense. He does it with finesse. Just like he won this championship, he won it with finesse. This looked like an old knight coming through, slinging their big old heavy Excalibur, going up against a master swordsman in fencing as he just evades and picks him apart. Like, it, this was really something... <laughs> This is really something, like, that's really something fascinating to see. And then, you, and then you watch Golden State just debunk or defunk this whole entire myth 
Debunk may be the right word too. No, but debunk this whole entire myth of you can't win a championship with a jump shooting team or with a three-point shooting team. And they come up there and they do it. And they build so many stories around it outside of just, you know, just the Warriors winning a championship since 1975. You know, like this controlled aggression style of Dan Tony mixed with Greg Popovich mixed with... You know, mixed with who else am I? Who else am I missing over here? Popovich, D'Antoni, mixed with a little bit of Phil, Phil Jackson. Sorry, see, tell you that's how much of a Knicks fan I am. That when, as in when I'm trying to forget the Knicks, I even forget the Zen master himself that is now my G, my, my GM. But they build a bunch of <laughs> of a little stories around it, you know. Stephen Curry gets his first championship, you know, same year, same year that he wins the MVP for the first time. For somebody that they talk about not doing much, he put up 25 points, 8 assists, and 6 rebounds. And showcased his daughter in one, in one of the most cutest ways possible. <laughs> but, like, kudos to him. Like, kudos and congratulations to him. Like, this kid from Davidson that I, I'm, I'm going to keep mentioning it until you guys go back and watch him be triple team in Davidson. Like that's the only way you could have stopped this guy from scoring was to be triple team. You saw, you saw him come from that to Davidson. Like, a school that nobody even knew of. Like, I'm sorry, I didn't know about Davidson. All right, at least I didn't care about Davidson until, until, he, until he got there. And, and that's the only reason I even wonder about where Davidson is at now is because of what he did when he was there with them. To the kid with the broken ankles. To now the kid that's breaking ankles. The golden child. The baby face assassin. Beating the chosen one. Then, like, you get, you get green. Green that all you hear about from green is how he works. And, 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 and more important, like, and for Mark Jackson more importantly, because that's really the only person that I guess is in the media head or predominantly in the media that you can hear that has a voice that knows about Green's work ethic, that has, has had Green, you know, enough or long enough that they can give you an honest assessment of what they've done on a consistent basis when we're watching them play. And to hear what Mark Jackson says about him, how this guy works, how he's continued to work, continue to get better. You know, listen, I, I tell people, I'm, I'm, a soldier, I'm, a, I'm a veteran, my damn, I'm a veteran, my damn self. You know, I used to be in the army. And definitely, like I understand, I understand. I, <laughs> I, I always like to think I understand athletes just simply because I understand what it takes to put your body through a, a rigor on a consistent basis and to be held to a standard and to be scrutinized by every single eye on you. So to say that and. On top of it, I have I have bad limbs too. Like I'm a disabled veteran at that. <laughs> so when when I hear that Green was having a like that, he felt like it was taking a toll on his on his lower extremities. I believe that's what he said. Like like either his legs or his back, hips, something like that. And so he got himself in better shape, changed his diet, you know, and lost some weight. Like I take kudos on him because that's being a professional. That's 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 doing what a professional should do, and making yourself better so that your team can be better, so that all of you guys can succeed. Green put up a triple-double last night. He had another stat line that... And I can't really say that it kind of went 
below the waistline because it did because a lot of his passes were hockey assists and you were noticing more of what Stephen Curry was doing on the front end of it than you noticed what Green was doing in the middle end of it because you even noticed what was happening at the tail end of it because that was shots being made you know but I, I noticed Green for once again his energy his defense every time he went like, every time Mozgov was trying to seal he was down there battling with him you know they made they made Mozgov they, they, he fronted Mozgov a lot of times, made him throw the ball over him. He battled, and listen, not to take nothing, anything away from Timothy Mozgov, but let's give it up to Green on this one, because you know why they were confident going against Timothy Mozgov, uh, putting Green up against Mozgov? Because he just finished playing Mark Gasol. Yes. <laughs> Don't forget that. He just finished playing Mark Gasol and Zach Randolph in the grindhouse. So if you ever, so if you ask me, who would you rather guard, Timothy Mozgov, Mark Gasol, or, or Zach Randolph? I'm pretty sure Timothy Mozgov gets the shit end of that deal. <laughs> so even though Timothy Mozgov and he he did his job well, he ran that he ran that floor. He tried to seal. He got himself some really quick, easy points, and he was the only consistent factor that they really had outside of LeBron. Next, you know we have. And before I get to the MVP, I'm going to get to the coach, Steve Kerr. Man, just to think, when you first saw Steve Kerr, and I don't know how many of y'all saw Steve Kerr coming to the league. When you first saw Steve Kerr coming to the league, did you think he would have six rings? Now, granted, when he came into the league, he came to the, he came to the Bulls. So maybe you kind of thought that he was going to be the benefit, the benefactor of a couple of rings. But key po- but he was key members of every single ring. Well, I can't remember his role in the final. But no, even in San Antonio, key roles came through and hit some clutch shots when it mattered. Yep, key roles in every single ring he's had. Surprisingly, has had key roles in every single ring he's had as a player now as a coach. And to think about what he's done, first, like, him as a coach, rookie coach, does something that only Pat Riley has done, right? But in his weight of, right, breaking one of Pat Riley's records, right, he also does it in a state that Pat Riley did it in against a player that Pat Riley <laughs> courted. <laughs> like, this is a weird transition of, of, of monster effects there. So, kudos to Kerr and what he's done because, yeah, he, he's done a great job. And, and, and you see it. Because, because Golden State really didn't, and not for nothing, once again, as a Knicks fan, you know, like, certain people always affect you. Like, you remember certain people for certain reasons. But you remember them more when you were a fan of them before they came to your team, like, like Dan and Tony. Or Dan Tony. Dan and Tony or Dan Tony? But you know what I'm talking about. Coach Dan Tony, you know, his seven second or less rule, right, offense was groundbreaking for Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire. Why most people became Steve Nash and Stoudemire fans. Why I became a Stoudemire fan. So when he came to the Knicks, I was, I was in love with it. When Dan Tony came to the Knicks, I, I loved it. 
I just wish he would have gave more clout to Mike Woodson because if you also look at one of their most successful seasons over the last couple of years, Mike Woodson even admitted, even admits to the fact that he didn't change much of the offense. He just finally got a chance to impose his defense. This was still D'Antoni's offensive system. It was just his defense imp um, imposed because we saw what happened when he imposed when he really got finally got his his offense running. He ran that he ran that slow paced offense that he used to run in Atlanta, and it didn't work. But that up tempo offense of D'Antoni mixed with his defense does work. It's like you see his defense working with a more up tempo system. Was it really more? You know, yeah, with a more up tempo system for the Clippers. But let's come back. Let's come back. Let's come back. Let's come back. And talk about D'Antoni. So you see that, he, that even though he didn't play for D'Antoni, you can see there's a little bit of D'Antoni in there with the push the ball and the pace and the three point shot and how quickly they get shots. You know, but you but you also see. The free flow, the free flowingness of say the San Antonio offense, the same San Antonio offense that has beaten or the same San Antonio system that has beaten LeBron James, you know, the same San Antonio offense that helped Atlanta. Or, sorry, I keep saying offense, but same San Antonio system that helped Atlanta become the number one team in the East as well. So if you look, the San Antonio system now has won, has now been to. Three finals, right? Has won two of them. Produced. Let me see. One Eastern Conference champion. One Western. Two Western. Three Western Conference champions. You, you know? So there's something to be said in what Popovich is doing over there. And or if it's not for what he's doing over there, the people that are coming from him. That players are, are at least deciding to listen to, because more than anything, they're buying into what whatever whatever individual comes out of a Popovich system, and they're and they are implementing it to perfection, and they are getting results. Last, and definitely not least, Iggy, 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 can't you see that he just won the MVP? Andre Ingudala, NBA Finals, MVP. Didn't play a game in the regular season. I'm sorry, didn't start a game in the regular season. Didn't start a game until, what, game three or game four of the playoffs. And he wins the NBA, NBA Finals MVP. And, not, and you know what? For those who, who has overlooked this guy, man, I, I just hope you would have caught him in his early days with Iverson and, and, and just watched you know, some, some of his play. Like they call him Baby B-Hop. Like the, their mascot, I think, is kind of named after, after him. You know, like, but Andre Iguodala, like, to, to, be the, the, to be the second AI, you know, in Philly, after, after so much of what AI did in Philly, is, is something remarkable. And then... You really see the kind of role that he has. And, and, and Doug Collins, I think it was Doug Collins, right? That probably said it the best. And to let everybody understand. Because this is also the same thing I think about a guy like Gerald Green. Not Gerald? Sorry. Gerald Green? Green, that plays for... <laughs> Damn, I said Gerald Green. But yeah, but Green that plays for, for, for the Warriors. Same thing I think about him. Is that 
the better the players are that are around him, the better he comes off looking because he is an army Swiss knife of, of a guy. You know, he, he is that all-purpose man. He is the renaissance man of the NBA where he's not a scorer, he's not a defender, he's not a rebounder. You know, he's a little bit of it all. He's an all-around. And, and, and let's, let's put it this way, right? Same thing I think about Green and the same thing I think about Ingen Dollar. I'm also gonna tell you this because it's gonna go twofold. It's gonna go. To, it's gonna go. It's gonna go um, two steps higher. It's also the same thing I think about Pippen. Yes, Scotty Pippen, and the same thing I think about LeBron James. At the end of the day, the better the team is around, which is almost anybody. But when I'm, uh, and when I'm talking about, they're different levels of the same person. So don't think I'm, I'm calling them all the same guy and I'm putting them all on the same plane. What I'm saying is that these four guys have have all the same genetic makeup. They just did it on. They just do it on completely four different levels. Green, Iguodala, Pippen, James. They all kind of do the same thing. They're they are scorers when they need to be because they also are physically imposing for their size. Like whatever you want to call Green. Green is still any anywhere between six six and six eight and two hundred thirty two hundred forty pounds. And he learned, even from this series, a little bit on how to take the ball to the hole a little bit more aggressively. You know, how to adjust his game in between and, and, and do a floater because you wasn't just going to dunk over these guys. You know, he, he learned a little bit of that about himself. But Andre Ngadon already knew it. It's the reason why you even saw him on some of his fouls from, from Jerome, not Jerome, James. Jesus. <laughs> but from, for, from James, from, you know, from James, from... From Golden State, I believe it was like game four, game five. You see him, you see him following Gandala, and they had to review it where he wrapped him around the arms, and you see him, you see him. That's the kind of foul that you normally see LeBron James get. The kind of foul that you see, that you see Dwight Howard get. The kind of fouls that you saw Shaq get. You know, because he's a, he's a big muscular dude. There's nothing soft about him. He's another solid guy. Six foot six, six foot seven, six foot eight, 220, 230 pounds. It's nothing but straight lean muscle. And he used that. And he and he, he became what he needed to. He scored some points. Like LeBron James scored some points. Pippa used to score some points. Green scored some points. Got you some rebounds. You know, key rebounds. Just like all these guys do. You know, got you some key assists. Just like all, all these guys do. Because look at this. As much as they want to say about about what about what Chicago did after Jordan left. Not only did they build a good team around them, but I was also a big part of motivation because you should really start to see what happened when they really didn't have Jordan. When, like when they really, really didn't have Jordan. You start to see what happened when even Pippen was put up against, was put with people in Portland to try to be that next glue guy. He's a good all-around guy, but really wasn't the guy. This, and yes. So when I am saying that, and I do, and I'm saying that about Pippen, that means that it's the same thing I think about Green. It's the same thing I think about Ingadala, in a in a very respectful way. And the same thing I think about about LeBron James. He is not the guy, but LeBron James, like I said, he does it at another level than all of them guys, than all of those guys. Because LeBron James is always going to be that guy that's going to take you to a to at least take you to a championship, whether it be the conference championship or an NBA championship. He's going to put you in a championship game. But what he needs are better players around him to take him over the hump. And we're not talking about better 
average players. He needs superstar level players around him to take him over that hump. Just like Scottie Pippen needed superstar players around him to take him over that hump. Gerald Green and Andre Ingadala. But Gerald Green, why did I keep calling him a lot? <laughs> but, you know, but Green and Ingadala, same thing. They ultimately, well, listen, listen, we didn't know about Gerald Green and what he can do, but Andre Ingadala, ultimately, he did it around the best players. You know, when he was in the Olympics, you know, he made, he just made the game so much easier for everybody because he ran the floor. He was able to handle the ball. You know, like he he does everything. Like LeBron James does a little bit of everything. LeBron James just, just does more of everything than Ingadala does, especially more in the in the scoring range. Like if Andre Ingadala played up to his potential, he probably could be a LeBron James, but he doesn't. Like like, like I also think like if LeBron James played up to his potential, he could be an Oscar Robinson, but he doesn't. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's really weird of how I judge some of these people, but man, congratulations again to the Golden State Warriors for winning another championship, their first one in forty years. Congratulations to them, to the Warriors, the city, Steve Kerr, Stephen Curry, Andre Iguodala. All of their role players, you know, Sean Livingston, you know, for coming back from a broken leg, you know, Festus Azili, you know, a lot of those guys, and you know, Andrew Bogut from the injuries that he's had, <laughs> you know, Clay Thompson for for completely struggling, but but we're still competing. Congratulations and, and kudos to the Warriors. Like, I, I'm looking forward to watching that celebration. And as I start getting close on time, because as I always as I always mention, if I'm doing this in the morning. I still got I still got a regular nine and five I have to go to. With that said, before I leave here, I've mentioned to you guys that yes, I am a Knicks fan, I am a Yankees fan, I am a Jets fan, and pretty soon I am going to be doing a podcast that's going to be breaking down these current the current free agents that I see, you know, restricted, unrestricted free agents, just those guys and who I think are going to be a good fit for the Knicks. And just to let you know, I've already done a, a good portion of the research. This free agency class doesn't even look that great for us because. Ah, you know what? I'm gonna let you leave that. I'm gonna let you listen to that one because I didn't bring up me being a Knicks, Yankees, and Jets fan to talk about the Knicks. I didn't even bring it up to talk about the Jets and how I think that Tom Brady is not, uh, and the New England Patriots are not gonna win their divi- gonna win their division this year. No, 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 we're not gonna talk about that. That's also coming in another podcast. What I am gonna briefly talk about is that A Rod is three hits shy of three thousand. Hits for his career. And I can give two shits. Yes. And I'm going to let you know. I This is a podcast. So I, I do have a little verbal freedom. I'm, I'm not tied to any to any kind of SEC rules or, you know, any kind of, you know, what not being able to use profanity. So I'm going to say this <laughs> as many times as I can because I'm, not, I'm also not going to use a lot of profane words. But in this case, I don't give two shits. 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 And... I'm going to tell you that this is weird, how I feel about this, because I always wondered if I ever had a player on my team that I didn't like that was successful, how I would react. And, and I always told myself that I can always root for my team's success 
and at the same time individually separate my hatred or dislike for that individual player while he brings my team success. And now I'm being tested on that. And that was brought to and you know, that kind of thinking was brought to me the very first time that LeBron James was a free agent and New York was 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 salivering all, all over his jock strap to come to New York. And I was telling people then that if we get him, I still won't be a fan. You know, if he brings my team success, I will, I will root for my team success. But I, I, I really wouldn't care what he does. He would just be some regular old Joe to me. I wouldn't highlight him. I wouldn't congratulate him. I wouldn't praise him. That's exactly how I feel about Alex Rodriguez right now. Like, I am so completely done with Alex Rodriguez. And I, I don't care if all of a sudden he hits another 3,000 hits this season alone. I wouldn't care. I don't care if he, just, if, if he wins us a championship on his bat alone. I wouldn't care about Alex Rodriguez. Because he, he, he's, he, he is as close to being as dead to me in a sports world figure as anybody that can be. I don't want him. Don't like him. Don't want to hear about him. Don't care what he does for my Yankees. My Yankees are in first place. And he's 3,000 hits away from there. And I guess that gets tied in the summer. But you know what? Yankees, you continue to hold out. You don't pay this man any kind of bonuses because you know what? Who knows what kind of things he's taking that he's masking? Because apparently, everybody is using something somewhere in some league. Not steroids. You know, marijuana. You know, dr other drugs that come out your system within a 72, you know, 24 to 72 hour time period. It's just that nobody else is getting caught. So not only is he getting caught, he's also stupid enough to continually get caught. And to continuously do it after he's gotten caught. And still get caught after he's gotten caught from doing it because he's getting caught. <laughs> no love for him. No, none at all. No, no love for him. No respect for him. Like, I, I, I can't bring myself to spit on anybody because that's just completely disrespectful. And if anybody ever spit on me, I don't care who you were. Like, you, you probably would lose your life. But... Metaphorically, I spit on Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> you know, like I can never literally do it, but in all of a sense, I too, I spit on him. Like nobody cares what you do. Like maybe I may care ten years down the road if it shows that since then uh, and he continues this, you know, this. Actually, I won't even care then. You know, I'm gonna care. I'm gonna care when he's dead, and he's lived a and and from this point on, he's lived a nice, healthy, clean life. You know, and He's been regretful and he's been humble, he's been remorseful all the way until he dies. I want to hear these kind of words from him. I don't, I don't ever want to hear a slip up from him. Then I'd be like, you know what? I appreciate what you did for my team in 2015 while you're dead in 2045. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that. And thank you guys once again for listening to another edition of the Mighty Sports Minute. Man, these things are starting to get very long. And I don't even know if I'm going to continue to call these things a mighty sports minute. But I, I like it like that because sometimes I want to do a quick show. And as I told you before, these are all done in one take. So sometimes they take 30 minutes and I'm at home and I can do it from here. Sometimes I'm in the car for lunch and I'm doing this. Or I'm driving to work. <laughs> you know, or I'm sitting on a 10 minute break. You know, and, and I do one real quick. So that's the reason I, I think I'm going to keep this called the mighty sports minute. Because... Listen, sometimes you're going to get a minute and sometimes you won't. So we're going to call this special 30, 40 minute edition 
the championship edition. Because I am your host, Talon Taylor. Again, thank you for listening. I appreciate you. Don't forget to check out my blog. When I do decide to start writing some more some more articles at mytsports.wordpress.com. That's M-Y-T is in Tango Sports.wordpress.com. Also, my T Sports. That's my Facebook page. That's also the that's also my Twitter handle. And I also got a Google Plus page. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get out there. The YouTube page is coming, it's coming very soon. And it's, and, it's, and it's very official. It's, the more and more I play this in my head, that this is going to be called the talent show when I, when I do the YouTube page. Thank you. And again, your 2015 NBA champions, Golden State Warriors.